This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to RotoWire's signature NHL hockey pod podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host, AJ Scholes, is back sitting in RotoWire home offices in Madison, Wisconsin. You can follow him at AJ Scholes24. Uh, AJ, welcome back. Uh, what do you have to say for yourself? Well, you know, had a had a nice uh, nice time out in Vegas. Uh, got to hang out with uh, a couple. I went with uh, some family members, so got to hang out. Uh, did a little bit of gambling, little betting. Got my twenty down on the Penguins at fifteen to one. Ooh, nice. So feeling good about that. Especially uh, it was you know right before Crosby came back. So now that he's back, we're looking even better. So hey, I will take the money. Thanks Vegas for that one. You know what? <laughs> I I know you invited me to put some money down on the lease. The way they're playing right now, I think they owe me. So I'm going to beg off on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're at least going to uh, force you to, to owe me, uh, you know, that dollar. So I'll, yeah, I'll definitely yeah, take credit yeah. for that as well. <laughs> but uh, before we kick off the rest of the show and, and talk about your Leafs and my Penguins and everybody else, we'll just remind our listeners that throughout the week, if you have questions about your uh, you know season-long lineups, DFS lineups, fantasy hockey, or just hockey in general, you can tweet at us and we'll try and answer those for you. As Paul said, you can follow me at AJScholes24, and you can follow Paul the Statsman at Statsman22. All right, let's dive into our look at what's happening around the league at each of the 31 uh, hockey headquarters of the National Hockey League. With the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, they went 2-1 and one last week. It looks like they're going to miss the playoffs again, uh, partner. Cam Fowler, though, is quietly having a very nice year on pace for career highs and goals. His highest was 11. I think he has 9 right now on points. Uh, he's going to hit more than 40 for the first time in his career. So that's good news for uh, Fowler owners. Jacob Silverberg is back at right wing on the second line, and he's picked up a, an assist over the first two games back. They've been missing him and his sniping ability. I want to see him get uh, big minutes going forward to see if he can pad those numbers and possibly get them at least back to the 500 mark. They're very thin at left wing, though, and that's been a really bugaboo for this team all year long. Consider that career bottom six type Devin Shore is now playing left wing on the second unit here. That's indicative of uh, area, an area that they really have to shore up. One other player that's taking advantage of the thin forward uh, depth is Sam Steele. He's getting more minutes and hoping to take that next step in development as a center on the second line. This guy was a former first-round pick, so I like his chances there. Well, look, I want to, you know, uh, kind of point out what, what I mentioned to our, our listeners uh, two weeks ago is I told you don't jump on the Daniel Sprong train after that two-point night. Well, guess what? He went pointless. Uh, in his next uh, six games, he's now back down in the minors. So, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I told you so if you <laughs> if you picked him up. But uh, I think 
The thing about this team going forward that most intrigues me is not really DFS, not really season long for this year, but there's some dynasty guys maybe you could get a look at uh, long term. You know, I know Troy Terry's out with an injury, but he's somebody that I would consider uh, giving a good hard look in terms of, you know, a dynasty league. Sam Steele as well, uh, Blake Pielta, uh, all these guys are, are worth uh, taking a look and, and seeing how they may or may not fit in terms of, of dynasty keeper formats and, and whether or not they can fit in your team moving forward. At the Arizona Coyotes, uh, AJ, they went one and two last week, but they're in the thick of a playoff hunt. They got suffered a blow last week, though. Jordan Osterley, a promising defenseman, is out with a lower body injury, and that's hurting, hurting the sample size here. Uh, the Oliver ekman Larson though, is trying to pick up the slack, a goal and one assist for him. They expect much more offense from, uh, from OEL, their captain. Uh, the totals are a little bit off career norms, but I expect a big second half. This is the time of year when some of the veterans get rolling, and I'm focusing on him when I'm looking at this team in that regard. Connor Garland is a, one of these new era type of pests who has a little bit of an offensive upside. He's thriving lately at right wing on the top unit with two goals and two assists in his last three games. Uh, Wiley veteran Phil Kessel being used in a third line role, much the same as he was with uh, Pittsburgh in a couple of the re- uh, last couple of years. He's uh, paired up with Derek Stepan. Uh, we talked about him being passed over by a couple other centers here, but I like this, this unit. They're going to avoid top checking and I think they could put up some nice numbers because uh, you got a puck uh, p- possessor in Stepan and a great one-time shooter in Kessel working together, and uh, that could be dynamite against a third-pairing defense that they might see on a regular basis going forward. And finally, Nick Schmaltz struggling at right wing on the second line with second, seven straight scoreless games. If he keeps that up, he's not long for a scoring line role. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're dead on there. And and I like the call about, um, you know, Kessel and Stepan. I, I think it creates interesting matchups for opposing teams because obviously uh, you need to plan for Taylor Hall uh, on that top line and, and, you know, put out your best guys against them. But then you also need to factor in a second line that's got a decent group here as well. And Clayton Keller, Carl Soderberg and Nick Schmaltz. I, I ultimately I would argue that that second line is probably more likely their third line. And in terms of matchups that you're going to see, that's how it'll kind of shake out here, uh, in in my opinion. But uh, it definitely creates kind of an interesting dynamic. And look, if you need a goal or you're you're trailing in a game, you can still switch things up, flip Taylor Hall for Larson Krause and send Hall step in and, and Kessel out for a shift or, or, or two and try and get that goal. So um, I, I like the kind of changes. I think it doesn't really change my DFS strategy in terms of this team. I'm still going after Hall if the price is right, if the matchup is right. Same with Phil Kessel and even Derek Step on here. The Boston Bruins, AJ, are cruising along in first place in the Atlantic Division, but they've posted a couple of loser weeks. They were 1-2-1 and one last week, for instance, and uh, a tough blow for them. Again, David Preci battling injury issues for the second time this season. He's out with an upper body hurt. And to show you what kind of an impact that has, Charlie Coyle will move in to the second line center role off off the wing position. That's not a bad move. He's play, he played well there in Krejci's place the first time around, but Par Lindholm as a third line center is a problem for me. I got a lo- close, look, close up look at him in Toronto, and believe me, he's a fourth liner at best. Zero offensive upside 
there. So a tough blow for the Boston offense. But, hey, as long as that first line chugging along, they're going to be in every game every night, aren't they? Louis uh, DeBrusque's son, Jake, uh, is emerging as a consistent secondary scorer. Uh, at least that's a one-off here in Boston uh, in terms of relief of that first line. Eight points in his last seven games played, but he needs Krejci to thrive, so I'm going to fade him if Krejci's out of the lineup for any length of time. One guy who's making good on a second-line role, better than I expected, in fact, is Anders Bjork, uh, and when Krejci comes back, I'll, I'll be interested in him, but right now he's, he's also producing four points in his last five games. Not bad uh, for a guy who's getting more minutes on a scoring-line role. Well, another guy I like in terms of, you know, outside of that top line, as you mentioned, is uh, Carson Kuhlman. He, you know, had two assists uh, in his first game back, uh, didn't put up any points uh, in his most recent outing. But he's going to get more and more minutes, I think, heading into the stretch here, uh, especially, you know, he missed, uh, you know, most of the season uh, or a good chunk of the season rather due to injury. This is a guy that last year put up 30 points in, in 58 games in AHL Providence. So uh, a guy that has the tools to be, uh, a, you know, a depth scoring option here. And I would expect him to maybe challenge Anders Bjork for uh, more minutes in, in a top six role there. Well, and the Buffalo Sabres, you got to feel a bit sorry for this team. They're just in the wrong division. Right now they sit fifth in the Atlantic and in danger of losing that role to, to Montreal, a team that's surging a little bit. We'll get to them later. But uh, some of their offensive pieces are sparked up right now. They went 2-1 and one last week. Sam Reinhart picked up two goals and three helpers. We know all about Jack Eichel, don't we? We've talked a lot about him, so we'll pass over him. Rasmus Dahlin, the first overall draft a couple of years ago, chugging along with another nice season. One goal and one assist from his defense position. Uh, 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 a change in goal uh, of, that we've noted a couple of weeks ago. Linus Ulmark getting the lion's share of the starts. He went two, He got the two wins that they recorded last week, so good on him. You can expect him to get the lion's share of the, the goalie starts going forward as long as he continues this way. But it's injuries to the left wing. We talked about missing Olafson and Skinner. Now that gives Jimmy Vesey a shot at left wing on the top line. He's had a, a couple of kicks at the can there before, so so uh, one more chance to do right by by the side of Mr. Eichel. But uh, an interesting move in the top six. I've been waiting on this one for a couple of years because Curtis Lazar certainly light, lit it up in junior and was Team Canada's captain for one of the World Hockey junior teams. He's getting another opportunity to play here in a scoring line role finally. Picked up four points in his last three games as a center on the second unit. And uh, newcomer Michael Frolik picked up two points in his last four games played at right wing two we said he wasn't going to be a big scorer here despite the fact he's getting a scoring line role this guy's a third liner at best support for this podcast comes from u.s bank if you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle look no further u.s bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding no matter what you're into feeling hungry check out the u.s bank altitude go visa signature card earn four times points on takeout food delivery and dining and get two times points at gas stations grocery stores and on streaming That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. 
I think the nice part about adding uh, Curtis Lazar to, to the club and, and bringing him up from the minors is it affords them the ability to move Marcus Johansson over uh, to the wing, which is his nat, you know, more natural position. He'd been playing center all year long. Now, He's currently bogged down in a, a six-game pointless streak, but I think that has more to do with kind of readjusting to how he needs to play in that wing role. I would expect this to kind of pick up here a little bit. He's a player that I, you know, in season long, I, I would stick with him, and then I would use him in DFS too if the matchup is right and kind of picking and choosing your spots. So keep an eye on him. I don't expect this slump to carry on too much longer. When you think about the Calgary Flames, you think about a team that can score score uh, AJ and uh, they have been troubled in that regard only three goals in the three games they played last week they did win one of them it was a shootout victory over the Maple Leafs actually TJ Brody not contributing offensively since rejoining Mike Mark Giordano that's a bit of a surprise to me because he thrived there previously but he's pointless in his last five games with the declining shots on goal rate so I'm fading him when I'm looking for uh, offensive defensemen for the next little while Mikhail Backlund has hardly taken advantage of a right wing role on the second unit next to Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan one point in five games played that was a primo opportunity and he's blowing it Andrew Majapani is also blowing an opportunity on the top six. Pointless in his last 10 games, including lots of time as right wing on that top unit. So they need a bit of a shakeup offensively to get going here. One guy who's holding up his end of the bargain is big save Dave, Dave Riddich, allowing only seven goals out of the 93 shots he faced last week. Yeah, this is a team that right now I expect to be pretty active uh, in terms of, of the trade deadline here because really... You know, there's a, a lot missing from this team. You you don't really have a ton of depth here in terms of guys uh, that can produce. You've got some kind of disappointing, you know, results. Really, uh, Sam Bennett has not done much of anything this season. He has just six points in 34 games. He's in danger of missing uh, the 20-point mark at this, at this pace, a uh, uh, threshold he's hit each of the last four seasons. Uh, you've got Dylan uh, Dubé. Uh, is not producing as well he's starting to pick it up a little he's got two points in his last four games but again that's just 10 total on the year Uh, would have expected more from him based on his AHL numbers so this is a team that as long as they're still in the the playoff spot which they are they're sitting third right now in their division um, I expect to be buyers heading into the deadline here the Carolina Hurricanes 1-2-1 and one was the record last week, but the big news here for a team that's in the playoff hunt is the injury to Dougie Hamilton, a broken leg. I have him in a couple of fantasy teams season long, and, and that's going to be a big hole for me to fill. And I might be looking at this roster for replacement, actually, in terms of Jacob Slavin, who is a guy that will pick up more minutes. Even Jake Gardner figures to get more power play time as well. So keep an eye on the power play situation here. That'll be a telltale sign for who they're looking at to fill in for uh, the guy who was second in, in my uh, Norris Trophy voting so far this season. I'm also looking at Nino Niederreiter. You know, if you listen to this show, that I'm a big fan of his talent. He's going to get another chance on the right wing on the top line next to two-way veteran Jordan Stahl and super sophomore Andrei Svechnikov. It's time to see what he can be here. I, I think it's the best opportunity he's had with this alignment going uh, going into the next couple of weeks, so I'll be all over him uh, in DFS for a little while anyway. J- James Reimer, another favorite of mine, pushing for more of the net of late, allowed only three goals against over the last three games. You'd think that'd be good enough for him to get the nod, but Peter Mrazek is keeping pace, allowing only five 
five goals against in his last three games. So they're certainly locking down defensively here. That's what these numbers are telling me. Well, I expect this top six to get a little bit of a shakeup here as Justin Williams gets more and more acclimated to game speed. They've got him in that fourth line role right now. But you look at a guy like Warren Fogle currently slotted in as that second uh, left wing. He's pointless in his last five games. So really, he's struggling to produce here. And I expect Justin Williams, as he gets you know up to speed, ready to go, He'll challenge both guys like Nina Ryder, Fogel, uh, even Taravainen for for more minutes and, and more in a bigger role uh, in a top six spot. The Chicago Blackhawks are rolling along one of the hottest teams in hockey right now. They're five on a five game win streak, and it's the big guns that are uh, leading the way. The Wiley veteran Jonathan Taves, three goals and six assists in his last four games played. Patrick Kane has. recorded five assists including his 1000th career point the fastest u.s born player to reach that mark in nhl history in fact so good on him Uh, one of the stars who's emerged of late though dominic kubalik playing top six minutes five goals and one helper in his last four games news is very good offensively even even getting some production from the back end eric gustafson who had a big year last year was has been off those totals for much of the season but he's rolling right now a goal and three helpers Connor Murphy with three helpers and Slater Cuckoo making the good uh, good on an opportunity for more ice time for him with the injuries on to two veterans on the back end here and in net the the story is a split between Leonard and Crawford they each receded for two wins in the last four games well and they've also got Drake Kajula back uh, from his uh, concussion uh, that kept him out since mid-November and he's looked great uh, in his return First three games didn't do a whole lot, but that's to be expected given how long he's out. In his last three games, he's racked up two goals and two assists, uh, and I expect him to kind of continue producing for them. I I think he's going to stay in that top-line role with Jonathan Taves, uh, could maybe get moved to the left side in order to pair up with Patrick Kane if they wanted as well. Um, So, yeah, things things are turning around here for the Blackhawks, and they suddenly find themselves just three points out of a wild card spot uh you know with a game in hand uh, against vegas and arizona right now so uh they're definitely still in the mix and and that's pretty impressive considering you know how much uh a lot of people myself included kind of wrote off their season earlier in the year the colorado avalanche went 2-0-1 last week and they were one of four teams in action on mlk day yesterday in the states uh, they beat the detroit red wings six to three pavel francis receding for another win uh, the backup goalie pushing for more playing time there nazim kadri and nate mckinnon had two goals and then singles went to graves and nieto to account for their offense but it's injury news that again uh, dots the landscape here jonas donskoy out with a concussion that's a tough blow to their top six structure Valery Nichushkin will replace him as a second line left wing and a couple of years ago I would have said no thanks but he's playing much better now and using his size effectively to mesh with uh, some of the offensive talents on that second unit particularly Nazem Kadri he's had a very nice year in that role so good for him Ian Cole is a guy that you know a lot about he's uh, picked up two assists last week and is on pace for a career best season with 22 points and a really nice plus 24 AJ I want your your thumbnail on him when you get to talk uh, about this club going forward but Philip Grubar is holding his end we talked about Francu's play in the last couple of weeks but Grubar received over two wins and one shutout last week as well well, my concern in, in terms of fantasy for Ian Cole uh, is the lack of power play time. And that's really something that's you know been uh, throughout his career. I mean, you look at his career totals at best, his, his be- single best season, he averaged 32 seconds 
of uh, power play time uh, per game that year. So he's really not going to add anything in, in terms of that role. And so for me, that kind of limits his value here. Now he does uh, get to play with, with some pretty good, um, you know, guys there in, in the top six. He'll, he'll mix in with those guys. And so that'll land himself, uh, into point contention there. You look at his last two games, he's got three helpers. So for me, maybe I use him in, in DFS. And again, I've kind of pick and choose the spots, uh, the matchup where I might use him. You're going to get him for a pretty discounted, uh, price tag there, but overall, in terms of season long, that lack of power play time uh, is just going to make me uh, fade him and, and kind of stay away. As much as I like him as a player, love him when he's on your team, kind of a tough defensively uh, sound guy, but just not a lot there in terms of, of fantasy, unless you're in a really deep format uh, that that you don't worry about that power play time. In Columbus, this team is rolling along and has to be rated the surprise team of the league for my money, AJ. They're right in the thick of a playoff hunt, but they suffered a tough blow when starting goalie Yunus Donskoy uh, suffered a knee injury. Uh, he's out for one more month. I thought well, that might be the death knell here, but Elvis, Elvis Merzlikens has stepped in. Three wins and two shutouts last week. A big reason why this team is going to hang around the rest of the season if he plays like that. They also got a nice shot in the arm with the return of Cam Atkinson. Three goals and two helpers for him last week. Rookie defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov, three helpers as well, taking on top four minutes while two other defensemen are on the IR. Another boost. So it's a case of the next man up really working here in Columbus. Finally, Oliver Bjorkstrand was hot. Five goals and seven points before missing 13 games played. Returned last week as right wing on the top line. And doesn't he go and score two goals in his first game back on the weekend? So everything is turning to gold for John Tortorella right now. Yeah, this is the team that leads the league right now in, in man games lost. And, and some of that, as you said, uh, uh, Jonas Corposalo was, was out uh, or is out. Not real sure when he's going to be back necessarily. They've got some depth depth players in Deegan Kukan, uh, and you know Ryan Murray is injured as well on the back line. They've been without Brandon Dubinsky for a while, Josh Anderson as well, and they are starting to get healthy, as you said. I think Cam Atkinson was a real boost to getting um, them going. He's got five points in three games since returning, and, and really looking. Uh, great right now and so I think as this team gets healthy they're going to get that much more dangerous and harder to play against and yes they're in a tough metropolitan they're sitting in a wild card spot right now with 60 points but I expect them to challenge the likes of the Islanders the Penguins Uh, I don't think they're going to challenge Washington necessarily looks like they're going to run away with the Metro at this point but Columbus figures to be right there in the mix and we saw last year that they're not afraid to make moves at the deadline, even uh, for guys that are on expiring contracts. So they may uh, be players again this season. The Dallas Stars went one and two last week. The big news here is Miro Heiskanen suffered a concussion. That's a blow to the defensive structure of this team, which is central to any success they've had this season. So I'll be curious to see how they plug that gap in the top four. Right now, it looks that like they're going to give Roman Polak a look at more minutes. Jamie Alexiak will be pressed into more minutes as well. The offense will be handled as it, as it has been much of the season by Klingberg and Lindell, who's had a nice campaign, but losing Heiskanen, a tough blow for this squad. Left winger Jamie Benn has been on the best streak of his season at left wing on the top unit with six points in nine games played. That would have been a bad 
stretch for him in the last couple of years, but it shows you how far he slipped in the last uh, season and a half. Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski, we talked about Pavelski a little bit, only 19 points in 48 games played for the veteran who signed on here, but Corey Perry, just back from a suspension, playing right wing minutes on the second unit, only three goals this season in 36 games played. They're really not getting good value from either of these veterans, and that's uh, if they could turn that around, this team would be even scarier prospect, because we know they can play defense. It's the offensive side of the game that's a challenge. Rupe Hintz, a guy who was manning the second line center much, much of the season, started on fire, went into a deep slump, but now he's caught fire again. It looks like he's got eight points in his last ten games played. They need him to roll and hold up the, the second unit there. The league leading goal uh, goals against average 2.46. I expect this figure to creep up a little bit. It's a matter of keeping a lid on it to keep this team in contention. Well, you have to wonder, you know, I know the numbers aren't there this year, but with his contract expiring after the season and the fact that he's 34 years of age, you have to wonder if somebody maybe comes calling on Corey Perry as a veteran kind of depth ad uh, for a guy that in his career, he's got a 50 goal season, a 40 goal season. This is a player that knows how to score. It's not happening for him right now. And maybe they move him to a contender um, and, and see what they can get for him and, and what the value is out there. Uh, I could see another team coming in and looking at it as a buy low situation. And, and so really hoping uh, to kind of steal one from from Dallas here and, and see what happens. So definitely a player to monitor on the back end. As you said, Miro Heiskanen out. Uh, they do get Stefan Johns back for his first uh, taste of NHL action in over a year. Uh, due to um, you know concussion issues uh, that that he battled, so you know lose one, add one. They're not comparable players by any stretch of the imagination. Stefan Johns doesn't have the same uh, offensive upside as a Heiskanen, but at least they get somebody back, and they're not having to kind of delve into the minor league system uh, on the blue line. AJ, I know there's a few guys that in the home office there at Rotowire that are big fans of the Red Wings. They got to be suffering through a season that the the Wings are 0-2-1 last week and just building on what could be the worst season in the salary cap era for any team. Uh, so that's a tough uh, road to hoe for a team that's been known for a lot of success in the last 25 years. But uh, this season, not among those for sure. They took it on the chin yesterday in Colorado, a 6-3 loss. And the two guys that have any fa- fantasy value... Uh, for the Red Wings on a nightly basis, Dylan Larkin and Todd Bertu- uh, Bertuzzi uh, receded for most of the points here. Dylan Larkin, three points, and Bertuzzi, two points in his, for his record. Giovanni Smith, though, is a guy that I want to talk about. He's now got three points in his last seven games played, getting a look on the top six role as a prospect and uh, showing fairly well. He was not a big scorer in the AHL, 13 points in 22 AHL games for him. Look, there's a there's a couple of pieces here. You mentioned Giovanni Smith, uh, Philip Zadina, and Robbie Fabry are a couple of young guys that may be worth uh, taking a look at again in in your dynasty formats here. Fabry has really hit his stride since coming over uh, from the Blues. You look at his kind of last couple of games. He's got five points in his last seven, 16 shots on net over that stretch, which is um, pretty decent. He's getting power play minutes with them as well. So they're giving some younger uh, guys a, a chance to play bigger roles, and I think it's a good thing for them uh, moving forward. The blue line, I think, is the biggest problem for this team. You've got Mike Green, who who's battling another injury here. Uh, Trevor Daly has not been anywhere near uh, the offensive player that he was before he came to Detroit. And so 
if they can fix that, it might help kind of ease the burden on the net miners. And obviously, goaltending is an issue that they need to look at moving forward as well. Jimmy Howard is certainly no spring chicken. He's not going to be there uh, forever. So while there are problems and, and issues with this team, there are a few bright spots, in my opinion, that would make it, if I'm a Detroit fan, hopefully you get the number one pick in the lottery and you kind of have a few pieces to build around and move forward with. And I think I turned back the clock on the Red Wings analysis, too. I called the winger Todd Bertuzzi. Of course, it's Tyler Bertuzzi, Todd's nephew, that is having the big season for the Wings. But we move on to the Edmonton Oilers next. Uh, this is a team that uh, has left the bottom part of the NHL standings for a while. They were 2-0 and last week, and the big guns are the ones that are leading the way. Dreisaitl and McDavid each with two goals and three helpers. And it's worth noting that Josh Archibald picked up three goals and two assists in his last four games. He's playing on Connor McDavid's line. I think you can draw the dotted line connection to that level of success for sure. Mike Smith was 2-0 and last week, and the Nets now won his last five starts, taking over the number one role over Koskinen in the Nets there. But you can expect that to be volleyed back and forth. I think it's going to be a win-in-your-in situation for the goalies for the rest of the season in Edmonton. They got two really solid options in my mind anyway. They got a really good boost uh, offensively from Kyler Yamamoto's promotion. He's been a real nice spark plug on the second line since he got called up eight games ago. He's got six points in that period. Well, and another guy that's really finding his stride right now is, is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And uh, just he's on uh, kind of a, a five-game point streak, has four goals and four assists over that stretch, including a pair of power play uh, points. And he's really uh, fitting in well on the left wing. He, you know, they try and put him in third line center a lot, but they've got him on that left wing with uh, Leon Dreisaitl, as you said. And then uh, the surprise of all surprises, you've got Riley Shahan goes off for four points in their <laughs> most recent game. Uh, and, you know, on the year, uh, considering where he's been in his career, you know, he had that long-suffering goal drought uh, in Detroit, uh, but six goals, five assists, and, and 44 games played. And he's getting a, a bump to the third line uh, with Nugent Hopkins moved over to the wing. And so maybe uh, things are starting to turn around for him. They feel a little bit more comfortable having him in, in a little bit more of a, a scoring uh, opportunity here for, for Riley Shahan. Well, the Florida Panthers have picked up their game in the second half of the season, and uh, 2-0 and was the record last week. They got another win yesterday in a stirring fashion in Minnesota. I was watching this game thinking, oh, hell, they've blown one of the two games in hand on the lead, Leafs, but with five minutes left, they were trailing that game. Not only did they tie it in the late stages, but they scored the game winner with six seconds left. Noel Achari picking up the game-winning goal there. Keith Yandel leading the parade in terms of scoring four points for the defenseman. He's having another year that uh, has him ranked among the top scoring defensemen in the league and uh, boy nobody ever talks about this guy year in year out he just does it uh, one blow that they did suffer though was in goal Chris Dreger uh, pulled a groin and he's out at least two weeks that means that Sergei Bobrovsky better find his game and it looks like he is right now finding it a little bit more AJ before he was in the nets for yesterday's 5-4 win but before that he had two more wins and only allowed three goals against so it, it looks like he's getting his game together, and they need him to pull it together because the, we know the offense is there. They're one of the high-scoring teams in the league, but they really got to learn to shut it down defensively. It reminds me of a team that's very close to home here. We'll get to them later. If you like the Huberto and Barkov pairing but want to save DFS fantasy dollars, we've been talking about Evgeny Dadanoff much of the season. 
He's got nine points his last eight games played before yesterday to show you that he's been a consistent scorer, yet his price value is, is lesser than the other two guys. And I look there for DFS value for sure every every chance that I get. Brett Connolly, one, only one goal in his last 10 games played at left wing on the second line. Also has three assists in that stretch, but it's indicative of the fact that this is really a one-line scoring team that really needs to get more from the second unit, I think, going forward. Mike Matheson is back on the top deep pair on defense. I like this guy's offensive upside. He had four points in his last seven games before yesterday. Paired with Aaron Ekblad, that's really good for both of them, I think. They both can play at both ends of the rink. Well, I think it's really interesting, uh, you know, the... Um, some of you may be familiar with The Athletic. They recently did uh, a player poll in which they asked uh, players who's the most underrated player uh, in the league. And number one on that list was Alexander Barkov. Uh, you look at what he's done lately, eight points in his last five games, three of those coming with the man advantage. And then the number two player in that poll, Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, who is also on, on a bit of a tear, didn't have any points in that Minnesota game, but prior to that was on a four-game uh, point streak and so these are two guys that somehow managed to fly under the radar despite the fact that Huberto put up 92 points last season uh, Barkoff uh, produced uh, in the 90s as well 96 last year with a 35 goal campaign uh, that was his career high I don't think he's going to get that many goals this season I think he could push for 100 again this year in total points goals I would expect to be in the mid-20s um, but certainly if he goes on a bit of a tear, it, it's not out of the question to hit 30. You know what, AJ, I'm going to stop, pause here for a minute and talk about this Florida franchise. I can't believe when I tune in their home games how many empty seats I see. It's shocking. It looks like you're watching a Junior A game in a small arena and there's never any sound. It's no wonder these guys are underrated. Nobody's watching them. That's, that's a big part of the problem. They're two star players, and anywhere else they'd be getting a lot of publicity and really pushed for all-star game berths uh, the last couple of seasons for sure. Uh, we move on to talk about the Los Angeles Kings, however. 0-2-1 is the record in the last week. They're 18-27-5, a non-playoff team for sure this season. Another injury uh, to talk about, Blake Lizotte lost a chance to continue a nice run as a top uh, six center. That moves Jeff Carter into that role. It's streaky scorer the veteran has been. He's uh, snapped a seven-game funk with three points in his last three games. And you know what? He's been on a couple of heaters before, so I wonder if he's ready to go on yet another hot stretch going forward. So keep an eye on him. Similarly, longtime teammate, teammate Dustin Brown has followed suit. Uh, they, they've been riding in tandem for a while. Three points in his last two games played. So keep an eye on that second unit to see if they can continue this, this recent stretch. In the Nets, Jack Campbell has started four of the last five, spelling their uh, starter, and uh, allowed 11 goals in that stretch. It, I wonder if this is a trade showcase because they're certainly going to have trouble moving Jonathan Quick and his big deal. Alex Ayafalo, I've been uh, down on him for much of, the la much of last season, but he looks like he's made up a bit of a breakthrough on left wing on the top line, scoring regularly and challenging career highs already. Well, I'm going to push back a little bit on, on the trade uh, you know, kind of position here. I, I get his last two starts haven't been great, gave up four goals in each of those. Um, but I think this is a show us what you have. Are you the guy for us moving forward? Uh, granted, it would be a lot of money to pay Jonathan Quake $5.8 million to sit on the you know bench for most of the next two years. But they do have Campbell locked up through uh, the end of the 21-22 season. And so maybe this is what they're taking a look at. Is Jack Campbell our guy moving forward? 
or do we need to look at at other options? They have Cal Pedersen uh, currently in the minors. He's a very highly uh, touted netminder and, and has uh, shown some pedigree, gotten a little bit of a uh, couple of looks in the NHL. So really, that's what I think is going on here. I think they're just trying to figure out, is Jack Campbell our guy or do we need to look at Cal Pedersen? Are we sticking with Jonathan Quick? And they got to figure that out and answer some of those questions before next season. Two months ago, AJ, we looked at the Minnesota Wild and we had them buried, but they're they're still hanging around the hunt with a couple of uh, really solid weeks to last a little while to get them back into playoff contention. Two and one was the record last week to continue that role. They lost, however, in that spectacular fashion against Florida. As I said, Alex Stalock taking the L. Luke Coonan picked up two goals and Jared Spurgeon a goal and one helper to account for their scoring, uh, much of their scoring yesterday, but a tough loss there. Defenseman Brad Hunt and Miko Koivu both dealing with illnesses. You wonder if the flu bug is, is going through this team. That can really be a ravaging situation. We'll keep an eye on that going forward. But in terms of other players, the veterans are really holding court here. Zach Parise, four goals last week. Ryan Suter, a goal and two assists from the defense. Jared Purgeon, Spurgeon, a goal and two helpers for him. Alex Stalock taking more of the load in the Nets. Two wins for him, including a shutout on the recent record. And Victor Rask, a guy that we've panned much of last season, has been pressed into duty on the second line at center. No points in his last games played before yesterday. I don't see any fantasy value in him, and that's an indictment on the club that they can't find anybody better to hold on to that second role and they, second line role, and they can't wait for Koivu to get back from the uh, infirmary. Yeah, I think regardless of, of where they find themselves, I, I think this is a team primed to sell uh, this year. And I, I think a lot of that has to do the, with the fact that they've got a new GM in, in there, in, um, you know, in the front office who's kind of evaluating. And I would suggest that really there's not a lot of guys who aren't at least available uh, for, for a phone conversation. Whether you can make it work or not is, is another question. I would say Parisi, Zuccarello, Sutter, Dumba, and Spurgeon are probably the only like hard line. We won't even answer calls on these guys, but everybody else I think is probably up for grabs here uh, in terms of what they can get. There's some high money on all those guys, so uh, that you know is another factor. But really, I think everything is open for discussion in Minnesota right now, despite the recent run and the fact that they're pushing uh, for a wild card spot. In Montreal, they're still wondering about the health of Brennan Gallagher. Lingering concussion issues have kept him on the sideline, and the crazy thing about all that is that there's no timetable for his return. A tough blow for the Canadians who are on the fringe of playoff contention at the moment. One of the reasons why they are is Carey Price seems to be finding his game again. He recorded three wins last week in three, three out of the four games that they played. Picked up a shout-out as well, keeping a lid on the goals against, giving this team a chance. We didn't think much of the Ilya Kovalchuk uh, addition, but he's making us look both look wrong here, AJ, so far. Eight points in his last eight games played. This guy loves Montreal, and Montreal loves him. Can it last? I'm still going to say no. What do you think about that? I'm wondering. But before I give it to you, uh, give it over to you, it's working right now, though. He's benefiting from first-line time with Philippe Deneau, five points in his last three games played. But Deneau is much more of a playmaker than a scorer. I wonder if that unit can continue to pay off uh, or will opposing checkers, checkers get to them? Uh, Yoel Armia missed 11 games played. They need this guy back in the lineup the way he's played much of the season. Uh, he poured eight shots on goal over the first two games back with a goal in his return as right wing on the top uh, top six situation. So a big return and addition for, that, for them there. My biggest question mark with Ilya Kovalchuk is how he fits in 
once they get Paul Byron and, and Jonathan Druin back in the lineup. And I, I really don't know the answer to that. It, it could be that he lands uh, in a in a third line role, a la you know Phil Kessel in Arizona, uh, and I don't think that's the best spot for him. If I'm being completely honest, uh, maybe he shows him enough uh, over this stretch to t- stay with uh, Dano and Tatar, and then Byron and Druin uh, maybe combine somehow to ma- to make up a second line. So uh, a lot of things to watch. I think if he stays where he is. Then, then I could see it continuing to work. But if he gets moved off that line when these guys come back, I, I don't really see how that's going to continue to work for them. The Nashville Predators one and two last week. They're somehow still above 500. I really don't like the defensive structure of this team, and that's really saying something because for years we thought that that was the the central issue with this team that kept them in contention. Pekarini, uh has, has got things in order of late, though one of his best runs of the season, only six goals against in his last three games played. Uh, second time he's done that well this season to show you how infrequently the, the lid has been kept on the defensive structure. Yannick Weber is now playing big minutes with Roman Yossi on the top defense pairing. His shots on goal rate has driven up, driven up dramatically since the move. This guy has an offensive upside. If he continues to get that role, the points will come, believe me. In terms of the forwards, Matt Duchesne is getting time with Philip Forsberg. This is a really good partnership in my mind. You've got another case of a, a veteran puck distributor and a prime-time shooter working together. So I'm looking for fireworks here going forward. Our Magnus Arvidsson may be listed as a right wing on a third unit, but look at his minutes played, folks. Between 16 and 20 minutes in each of the last six games played, two goals and 16 shots on goal in that span. There's nothing wrong here. This guy is still a viable option DFS play. Well, those minutes are, are bolstered by his power play role. So despite, you know, that third line assignment, he continues to play uh, on their power play and is logging, you know, pretty consistent minutes for them in, in that role. And that, you know, jumps everything up for them. The one guy that I think was I was uh, monitoring in terms of finding his game a little bit more after the coaching change was Kyle Turris. Uh, that really hasn't panned out much. He's got just two points in his last four games. Uh, I, you know, 19 on the year, so he's going to hit 20. But since moving to Nashville, this guy has really seen his numbers drop off, you know, uh, for the, you know, from 2013 through 2017, he was consistently uh, pushing for, for 50 points. He had one kind of down year in Ottawa, but he only played 57 games that year. So I kind of take that out of the equation. But since the move to Nashville, 23 last year, He'll get above that this year. He's got 19 already, but really brought in to be kind of a 40, you know, 40, 50 point guy. And that just hasn't worked out. And so you have to wonder, uh, even with the new regime, there is are his days uh, still numbered in the Music City? The New Jersey Devils, they are struggling, AJ. 0-3 is the record in the last week. They're 17-24-7 on the season. No playoffs in their future this season, I'm afraid. Louis Domingue is out with a lower body injury, so their goaltending is up in the air as well. Will Butcher, a guy who was highly touted in Hobie Baker voting a couple of seasons back, he got three assists last week. That's nice, but uh, I'm not a fan of any of the guys on this team in terms of fantasy value right now. Even Nico Hischer is struggling to create offense under the burden of leadership. One assist in his last four games played. Needs someone with an offensive upside to play here, play with here, and he doesn't have that at the moment. 
Black Mackenzie Blackwood returned uh, returns after a four-game absence on the sidelines, and he got he's got to be ready for a heavy workload and goal because I don't think they have any other viable options going forward. So if you're looking for a goalie to try and get the odd win, Blackwood might be a, an interesting choice. Travis Zajac is one veteran who is pulling uh, hard on the rope right now. Second-line center has six points in his last six games played, so good for him at least. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem with this team, and I think it's why you saw them make a, a GM move, albeit kind of a weird timing of that, is the fact that they made uh, some decisions in, in goal that just really haven't worked out. Blackwood hasn't been the player this season that they thought he would be after they decided to, to bury Corey Schneider in the minors, uh, and it just has not worked out. Uh, and even, you know, kind of their other guys in the system haven't, uh, shown enough really to get looks here uh, you know in the in the NHL yet either so I think that's going to be kind of the main thing that they need to figure out uh, this offseason whether whether they try and decide whether Louis Domingue is their guy they try and make a move for somebody else maybe free agency or you know are they going to go you know maybe high in the draft and try and find somebody that way it's a it's a position that really needs to be shored up for this team if they're going to get anywhere, they have Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, um, you know, the, the PK Subban move hasn't really panned out. So uh, there are a lot of glaring issues with this team right now. The New York Islanders were one, are one and two uh, last week. AJ, the defensive structure seems to be falling apart a little bit. I'm surprised by that, actually. It doesn't help them that Josh Bailey, one of their better two-way forwards, is out with an illness as well. Uh, but a couple of the other veterans are really pulling hard uh, in, to lead this team. Brock Nelson uh, having another nice stretch, four goals and two help, uh, helpers last week. Jordan Everly, three goals and two assists. I've talked often about how, how I like his hockey IQ, and he perform, he's performing well of late. On defense, Ryan Pollock uh, not missing his partner, Adam Pollock, three assists to add to his totals. Devin Taves taking advantage of that injury absence, though, with a goal and two helpers himself. The defensive structure, I said, has been showing uh, some holes. Indicative of that is Semyon Varlamov allowing 14 goals against in his last three games played. One other boost that they're getting, I should mention, is Thomas Kuhnhackel looks to take one more look uh, at a top six role in right wing if Bailey is out. He's got six points in his last 11 games to make him a viable candidate should the veteran winger still miss some time. Well, I think it's interesting with, with the goaltending situation. So they started the year pretty much uh, an even 50-50 split between Varlamov and Thomas Grice. And then they decided that they had seen enough from Varlamov to, to give him a heavier workload. And it really, as you said, has not panned out for them. And so at this point, you, it does appear that maybe these guys are better suited to, to divide the workload. And, and Grice had a pretty solid outing. Uh, in his most recent um, appearance, he, uh, he gave up just one goal on 32 shots, uh, but was saddled kind of with the, the overtime uh, loser there, or shootout loser rather. So uh, I think you're seeing some positive signs out of Grice, and, and really I think they need to go back to that 50-50 split that worked for them last year and was working for them at the start of this season. 
The New York Rangers, a team that's been a lot of fun to watch, AJ. They went 2-1 and one last week, and it's all about the offense pouring in a lot of goals right now. And Artemi Panarin leading that parade, two goals and four assists for him. On defense, they've got some really solid production from Jacob Truba all season long, another goal and one assist there. But Brady Shea is a guy not to be overlooked. We've given a lot of the plaudits to other defensemen on the season, but Shea uh, doing well of late, a goal and two helpers himself. Adam Fox, a goal and one assist. So really a lot of production up and down the lineup here. And one of the beneficiaries has had the spotlight on him for a little while of late. That's Alexander Georgiev, two wins on his ledger. He's getting a lot of playing time lately and this is definitely looking like a showcase opportunity for me AJ Uh, he also figures to start tonight's game the lone one that they have before the all-star break so keep an eye on that situation to see if he's uh, long for for uh, Broadway another guy that's getting more playing time Brendan Lemieux getting a rare look at top six minutes as right wing on the top unit after being sidelined for the last eight games so coming out of nowhere to get that primo opportunity for maybe the first time in his career well, it's really interesting to me to see, you know, Henrik Lundqvist has played just once in their last seven games, uh, in part because of Georgiev, but they also called up Igor Shesterkin to give him a look and, and see what they have there. And, you know, Lundqvist didn't do himself any favors. That one appearance, he gave up five goals on, on 29 shots to the Blues uh, for a .828 save percentage. And so his numbers are down. Uh, and, and you're seeing them kind of look to the future. And, and the kind of interesting thing is, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were talking about how uh, Lundqvist was moving up uh, the, the goalie wins, the all time wins list there. Well, suddenly he's falling behind as, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury continues uh, to, to track him for that spot. And he's just not getting uh, the looks or, or the games right now. You know, you look at career career wins right now. He's tied with Flurry for fifth after both guys passed Curtis Joseph uh, recently, and Flurry will probably play. You know, at this point, it looks like almost twice to three times as many games the rest of the way. Uh, and you're you're going to see Lundqvist uh, drop down to six on that all-time wins list. In Ottawa, AJ, we talked about injuries up and down this uh, list so far. A tough blow for them. Jean-Gabriel Peugeot out with a neck injury. He's been one of their bright lights all season long, so hard luck for him. Connor Brown, another guy I have a lot of time for. I was maligning him because uh, a couple of weeks ago because he seemed to fall off the pace that I had pegged for him, but with the three goals and three assists that he plugged in last week, he's back on pace for that 50-point season that I called for early on. Artem Anisimov replaced Pajot as a center on the first uh, line last game, picked up one helper, only his third of the season, though. And I, I normally view this guy as a playmaking center. You, you have to think it's a bit of a bust season for a, uh, a guy who had a really good opportunity to, to breathe some life into a flagging career, uh, and he's blown it this season, quite quite honestly. Marcus Hogberg has been a revelation in goal here. Only nine goals against in his last four games played. We'll get more reps because Anders Nilsson has been slow in his recovery from concussion. Yeah, I think if, uh, Nilsson will eventually come back here, and I see no reason why they would keep Craig Anderson around at that point in time. So if there's a team looking for a backup goalie, this is a guy that I think they should target, a veteran who will not rock the boat and challenge for a number one role, but will be a steady influence uh, with his veteran savvy and can still deliver uh, on, a, on a sporadic basis given the chance to rest between starts. So Craig Anderson could be some interesting trade bait for the centers going forward. 
Oh, I absolutely agree with that, Paul, especially when you look at the the contract situation. Yes, the $4.75 million is a little bit uh, much to take, but the fact is he's going to be a UFA next year anyway. Uh, so Ottawa could retain up to half of that salary to make it a little bit easier for a team to fit in. So I definitely think you could see him uh, on the move here and, and finding somewhere else because, as you said, you know, unfortunately for Hogberg, he doesn't have a lot of offensive support. You mentioned his solid numbers uh, in his last couple of games, a .928 save percentage in his last four games, but three overtime losses over that stretch, uh, you know, due to kind of a lack of, of offensive support there. And so really um, some great uh, outings for him. I expect him, as you said, to continue to uh, kind of carry the load until Anders Nilsson comes back. Then, depending on where they are in the standings, you could see them doing a, a split share situation, uh, you know, just to kind of uh, see what both guys have. I doubt they're going to be able to compete here for a wild card spot. They're pretty far off the pace at this point. So, uh, kind of divide and conquer the rest of the way and move Craig Anderson. I, th- I think you're right on with that. The Philadelphia Fly- Flyers, a team that looks like it's going to be at the playoff hunt the rest of the season, they've really t- taken a blow on the injury list of late three uh, regulars missing at the moment Michael Raffle with an upper body injury is listed day to day Carter Hart a really tough blow here uh, an abdom- abdominal injury at least two weeks on the sidelines predicted for him Shane Gostisbehere has had a, a season from hell for him he's out with a, a knee injury floundering offensively well off his usual standards he's going to miss at least the next two weeks as well one guy who's turned it around the other way of late though is ja- James Van Riemsdyk, four assists and one goal back on the top line on the left wing. Uh, look, at I don't think this is a guy who can play 20 minutes a game, but he'd give you a good 15 and some power play time and uh, can be productive with a, with a good unit that they have here. Sean Couturier continues his growth as a, a key offensive piece here. One goal, five helpers last week. Travis Konecti, a breakout season for him, continues three goals and one helper. Travis Sanheim has had a very nice couple, a couple of weeks, almost a month now, where he's found some offensive upside to his game from the blue line, making up for Gostas Bear with two goals and one assist on his ledger. Brian Elliott's a guy who the focus will be on going forward. He picked up two wins last week, and he will get a lot of reps in the nets for this club going forward. Finally, Matt Niskanen hasn't done much with the higher leverage minutes that he was going to be uh, placed uh, in place of Gostas Bear, so I'm a little bit disappointed for him and his ownership. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they brought in Alex Lyon to, to serve as the number two, and he got a look uh, in the back-to-back there. But I, I, as you said, Brian Elliott will carry the load for them, and so far has looked just fine uh, in that role. I would expect him to push kind of for that 20-win mark at, at the rate they've been going so far. Uh, it's, it's a threshold he's hit, uh, you know, four of the last five seasons. Uh, his, you know, his games dropped off last year, but that was to be expected with with the direction they're going. I expect him to be a solid uh, guy for them and really can keep them right in this mix. You mentioned, you know, they're one point off uh, from Carolina in terms of of the wild card spot. Again, I, I said this before, they're in a tough metropolitan division, so competing uh, for one of those top three might not be possible, um, but they'll definitely be in the mix for the wild card. The Pittsburgh Penguins, you know a little bit about this club, so I'm going to let you do most of the talking here, but injuries to uh, 
the, the Dominics, Simone and Cahoon, uh, tough thing for them to deal with right now. The big guns are firing. Crosby's been on fire since his return. Eight points in four games played. Malkin uh, not taking the foot off the pedal. Two goals and four helpers there. Ryan Rust had a fantastic season going for your club. Three goals and two helpers. Jack Johnson even got into the scoring a goal and one assist. Matt Murray came from the uh, shadows of uh, Tristan Jerry to record two wins last season. There's not much negative to talk about this club right now, is there? No, and I mean, you look at uh, you look at where they're headed as well. Yes, uh, both uh, Dominic Simone and Cahoon got got hurt. Cahoon is in the concussion protocol, so he won't be available for tonight's game. Um, but it's you know, as injuries go, not poorly timed. They have their bye week and the the All Star break here to hopefully get him back. Dominic Simone is is healthy. He will play tonight, so he avoided kind of a an injury scare. And it sounds like Justin Schultz might be an option to go tonight. So they're going to get some help on the back line as well. So you know, finally, this team is starting to roll. Uh, you know, Matt Murray had a really good bounce back uh, in that that comeback win against Boston. Really bad first couple of minutes, honestly. And if you go. Uh, to my Twitter, you'll see that I, I called for him to be uh, pulled from the game. Uh, you know, Mike Sullivan stuck with him, and he battled back and was able to get them the, the win against Boston there and, and really kind of hold the fort after uh, that rough start to the game. So he's been playing a lot better. I don't think he's been quite good enough. Uh, he is on a five-game win streak. I don't think he's been quite good enough to unseat Jari right now. I think Jari still holds on to the starting job but i think you're going to see more situations like in boston uh, you know i think a lot of people expected jari to start um but they went with murray to kind of keep rolling with him and and so you'll see him get a few more starts but for now i think jari's still going to be the number one guy in pittsburgh uh in st louis one more bit of injury news mckenzie mckechran who has had some time on the top six on the left side he's dealing with upper body injuries day to day in other news around this club, Alex Pietrangelo, who has been the subject of much speculation of late, a goal and two helpers for the club's captain. Oscar Sundquist has parlayed a really good streak into right wing play on the top unit, four points in his last seven games played. That's something of a surprise. Equally so, Zach Sanford writing much the same story on left wing on the second unit with four points in his last four games played. In terms of the downside, maybe we look at a guy like a Ryan O'Reilly, norm- normally a very good scoring center. He's had a tough year offensively with only nine goals this season, snapping a, a seven-game goalless streak, certainly still one of the better puck distributors, but I'd like to see him balls the twine a little more frequently to make him a viable option in DFS for me. David Perron continues to enjoy his breakout season, which we called earlier on. Uh, not, nine points in his last seven games played to kind of lead this offense. Well, I think what you might see uh, moving forward coming out of the break, uh, you know, the all-star break, is you might see Jake Allen get a few more starts. And you have to wonder if the heavy workload is starting to get to Jordan Binnington a little bit. His last two games, he gave up four goals in each of them, including give it, getting the hook against Colorado in their most recent contest. Jake Allen came in, only faced uh, six shots in, in about 21 minutes of action, but stopped all of them. His, uh, his start before that, he gave up one goal on, on 21 shots in, in a winning effort. So I think you might see Jake Allen get a few more looks here, try and keep Bennington rested and, and ready to go for kind of the, the tail end of the season. The San Jose Sharks stumbling along. They were 0-3 last week, AJ, and a troubling blow here. We called it 
uh, last week, Brett Burns dealing with some shoulder injuries has missed a little bit of playing time. Uh, in his absence, Eric Carlson has tried to take on the load, picked up two assists, but still not nearly the factor that I was expecting him to be on a nightly basis when he signed with the Sharks. In the Nets, there's been a bit of a changing of the guard of late. Aaron Dell's played seven of the last nine games, while Marty Jones continues to, tr- continues to try and figure out what where things went wrong. But Dell allowed eight goals over his last two games, possibly in need of a breather after working all these efforts uh, on behalf of the club. In terms of positive news here, Thomas Hurdle uh, is a 35-goal scorer last season, but not positive of late. Only one goal and six assists in his last 13 games played. That's indicative of the scoring issues for the Sharks here. Barkley Gaudreau has been one guy who bucked the trend and has been a depth guy who chipped in some offense with three points in seven games played with a few looks at the top six uh, uh, opportunity on the left side here it's been an area where they've been thin all season long maybe Goodrow is an answer in the short term yeah the, this team really just has not panned out um, the way I think anybody really expected this year you know when you have a back end like Carlson and Burns you expect both those guys to kind of power you through uh, you know, Kevin LeBanc uh, and Evander Kane, guys that, that you expect to produce. You mentioned Tomas Hurdle, uh, and it really has been kind of a disappointing season for them. And I think there's a there's a couple of guys that you could maybe see uh, make, a, make a move here. Uh, you've got Brendan Dillon uh, on the blue line. He'll be a UFA next year. Uh, I think there might be a couple of teams that would come calling in, in terms of what he can offer, both uh, a little bit offensively, but on, on the back end defensively. And then Melker Carlson, who's kind of been stuck in a bottom role, uh, you know, for for most of the season. His numbers are indicative of that. But this is a guy that plays a pretty decent two way game, even if his plus minus doesn't show it, uh, has seven points in 46 outings. So if you needed kind of a, a depth uh, add to your club, you know, I, I think Melker Carlson is a guy that could work really well on, say, like a Boston um, and add add something in, in a kind of depth role for them. The Tampa Lightning continue to roll along since about the 20-game mark. This team has been on fire, AJ. Two more wins against one loss last week. Uh, a lot, uh, the injury to Cedric Paquette barely slowing them down. It's an undisclosed situation here, but certainly impacts the, the top nine, I'll say. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, in terms of on the ice and productivity, finding the groove with five more goals to his ledger but it's Anthony Sorelli who has been a guy that I've been targeting of late three goals and three assists for a guy who's moved into the second line uh, scoring situation there Andre Vasilevsky now up to 10 straight wins overall if you can fit him in uh, whenever they're playing it looks like he's an automatic obviously right now but he's going to cost you big time Braden Point a, a guy who used to cost big time in DFS play has been blowing hot and cold this season partner only two assists in his last five games played despite all the offensive success around him consider that before that slow stretch he picked up 10 points in his last six games played that's more like what we expect of him conversely Steven Stamkos has been a model of consistency here throughout their recent resurgence 11 points in his last eight games is just uh, par for the course for the captain yeah absolutely and one guy who's who's you know kind of chugging along as well uh, is Nikita Kucherov. He's got five goals in his last three games. Uh, you look back uh, even a few more games out, you're looking at si- uh, eight goals in his last seven games. 
The, you know, the one thing that I, if you're looking for something that's been lacking for him of late, and this is, you know, cutting hair, you know, splitting hairs here, not a lot of assists. So really uh, not kind of setting up his, his teammates, um, but ultimately you just want the points and the wins. Uh, and so, you know, I personally would, would definitely consider trying to fit him in. He's another guy that's going to cost you a lot in DFS. But with how consistent he has been at scoring goals lately, I think he might actually be worth it. The Maple Leafs now, they're 1-1-1 last week in a trio of home games, but anything but consistent of late. Freddie Anderson has been central to those issues, really struggling. In his last 11 starts, consider that his save percentage has been less than 90%. This is one of the guys who's been a linchpin for any team's success over the last several seasons. Right now, maybe the worst stretch that I've seen out of this goalie in Toronto uh, over his tenure. Willie Nylander going the other way, three goals and one helper, making people forget all about the contract holdout from a, a year and a half ago. And uh, three goals, one assist on, uh, to show that he's been the second highest score, go, goal scorer on the club all of a sudden and really contributing and meshing well with John Tavares on a second scoring line there. Tough blow for the club we mentioned last week was Morgan Riley, broken foot out two months. We put the spotlight on Tyson Berry. He's responded with three assists to spark the offense and man the point on the power play on a regular basis. Jake Muzzin has been missing from the club. Uh, Really, they notice it in terms of the lack of defensive structure here. They'll get him back post-All-Star break, folks, so maybe that'll mend some of the ills. Austin Matthews is a real quandary for me. He's second in the league in terms of goal scoring with 34 goals, but his last two games have been complete no-shows, and he's had a number of those uh, from these this point of view. Uh, His search for consistency is something I could say also about Mitch Marner and and Nylander at times this season, despite their impressive totals. The offensive numbers are there, but if they could ever find their level of consistency, this would truly be a scary team. Like You'll get no argument from me that Freddie Anderson could play better, but if you look at uh, his numbers since Jake Muzzin uh, left the lineup, Uh, He's got uh, a 3.66 goals against average in those eight games, 0.891 save percentage. Uh, Looks like three of those games were uh, 30-plus shots faced. And so really, uh, I think that's indicative of what you're missing from the lineup in in terms of not having him in there. And that only gets compounded um, by having uh, Morgan Riley out now as well for the last three games. So I, I, I put some of it. I, I, I won't put all of it on the lack of blue line depth here uh, or the stretching of your blue line depth here. Um, but certainly uh, Anderson could use some help, uh, you know, from his back line. The Vancouver Canucks two and one was the record last week. Elias Pettersson is having a consistent season as a point per game player. And the same can almost be said for Bo Horvat. So it's a really nice one, two there among their top scoring centers. This has led to the Canucks to the top of the division, albeit it's a very close race. I think there's about five teams there within about two points of one another at the moment. One other guy who's come from nowhere to contribute is Louis Erickson, climbing out of his black hole and now has seven points in his last 12 games and is locked in at right wing on the second unit. It's happening at both ends of the ice, though, as Jacob Markstrom has moved to the top ranks of goalies in the league. He's only allowed eight goals in his last four games played as a sample of how good he's been, and the defensive structure has been in place as well. Well, I think the, the one thing that's flying under the radar this season is how good uh, Quinn Hughes has been, and that's mostly because Kale McCarr is taking all the attention away with, with his numbers. But, uh, you know, for the year, uh, Hughes has 34 points in 48 games. 
You look at his recent run, has four points in his last five, including a pair of power play assists. Uh, and so really having a phenomenal season that's being overshadowed just a little bit. And that's why you see Vancouver at the top of, of the Pacific Division right now. They've got solid net mining, quality forwards that you highlighted, and they're getting production from their back end. So this is a definitely a team to watch as we get closer and closer to uh, playoffs. The Vegas Golden Knights struggling since the coaching change. AJ won one and won the record last week. Cody Glass uh, and Willie Carlson uh, central to issues on the injury front right now. Glass with a lower body hurt. Willie Carlson with an upper body. And I saw the ugly spill that Peter Stas- uh, Paul Stastny took, uh, rearranging his dental features. Uh, big part of that. But uh, trooper that he is, I don't think he's going to miss too much playing time. Injuries to the three centers, though, have given more time to Chandler Stevenson and Cody Eakin to move up in rank. And uh, you wonder if they can hold the fort until the veterans come back. Shea Theodore with five assists tied for the, the lead among all defensemen last week. And he's been central to their uh, offense from the back end for much of the season here. So good on him. Max Pacioretty's on pace for career highs in both points and uh, in points and looking forward to his third 300 shot season he's really been prolific on a on a veteran forward unit there much of the season uh in terms of other notes here you're going to hate to hear me say this but you can't doubt it uh, mark andre fleur is struggling too just in the same vein as as freddie anderson almost 24 goals against in his last seven appearances not very good because he's central to the, any success the vegas knights will uh, hope to have yeah, I definitely think, you know, Fleury uh, could certainly better be better as well. Um, and the, the numbers aren't aren't there, but he has shown historically a, an ability to bounce back. Um, and, I, and I expect that to, to happen here at some point. Um, I, I'm, I know you talked about this last week while I was gone, but uh, this coaching change uh, made no sense to me. Uh, not only did you, you know, fire Gallant, who I think was doing a, a perfectly good job. Let's be honest, he was supposed to coach the Pacific Division at the All-Star Game based on how the team had been doing all season. I, this feels like too much of a knee-jerk reaction. And then to just throw, you know, the extra water on the fire by hi- hiring Peter DeBoer uh, to come in for, for this club, you know, after kind of the exchange that those two guys had last season. Uh for, for my money at this point, I know they've got uh, a guy in there right now, but I would love to see the Sharks go out and hire Gallant and just switch switch guys and let these two continue to go back and forth uh, in the Pacific Division. But uh, I, I don't like this coaching change. Uh, I didn't think it was a good move uh, when they fired him, and I don't particularly care for the guy they replaced him with either. I, I, I think there would have been uh, some better options out there that, that they could have looked at. The Washington Capitals 3 and 0 was the record last week. They're an astonishing 33-11 and 5 on the season. Outstanding record and it's uh, Alex Ovechkin on fire, 8 goals and on 12 shots last week in 3 games played. Uh, there's more chatter about this guy catching a certain number 99 in the all-time scoring goal scoring category i think we started it here aj and so we're going to take all kinds of credit for that over the next few years i hope but uh, Braden holtby on the other end of the ice is really struggling uh, the veteran goalie another goalie who's struggling of late big time 27 goals against in his last seven games played you can contrast that to his backup 
uh, who may be stealing the role outright. Ilya Samsonov, three wins and a shutout last week, now six wins in his last six appearances. So could be a bit of a tough goalie t- decision in the offseason here, uh, in my opinion. On the blue line, John Carlson, five assists. Guess what? He topped all defensemen scoring again last week. He's done it much of the season. A runaway for the Norris Trophy. I, I think it could be unanimous this year, in my opinion. Jakob Vrana, we talked about this guy as a breakout candidate early on the season. He's already achieved career, uh, on the brink of career highs in goal scoring and points. Seven goals and two helpers in his last eight games played for a guy who's locked down the second wing, second right wing role a long time ago here. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm torn on whether or not I honestly think uh, Ovechkin could could get there. And his his numbers, you know, he's hit 50 several times in his career, probably going to do it again this season. And so really, uh, he's about almost almost exactly 200 goals um, behind Gretzky right now. And so at 50 goals a year, that's only another four seasons. But he's 34 right now, and you have to wonder at, at some point, 50 it might be a bit of a stretch now that's not to say he can't hit 30 consistently play more than four you know four more seasons um so i it's possible uh it just you know it's going to depend on his health uh and how he holds up and how he can adjust his game as he starts to you know get uh into kind of the later years of his career i certainly wouldn't rule it out if i was a betting man i wouldn't bet against it that's for sure and finally, the Winnipeg Jets went one and two last week. They're sitting there in the competitive division, uh, five games about 500, but another injury has slowed things here. Adam Lowry out with an upper body hurt, missing at least a month of action, joining Little and Latesto in terms of veteran forwards on the sideline. That leaves a very inexperienced bottom six at forward. Uh, then it's been, and it's been a little bit exposed of late in terms of the offense that they've allowed going the other way. Andrew Kopp, a third-line center, all of a sudden came off the IR with two quick goals but has been blanked in the last four games played. They're going to need him to raise the level of play among the bottom six there. He, he's a figure that I think can help in that regard lead the way. Neil Pionk has already cracked 30 points the first time in his three years as an NHLer, living up to my expectations for him. When we looked at the disheveled nature of this blue line, I thought he was a guy that could have a nice season, and he certainly is on his way to doing so. If this team makes the postseason, though, they will need Connor Hallibuck to be the top workhorse in goal in the league, continuing what he's done much of the season to date. He's done it before, and I say he's doing it again, as I thought he would. Uh, I've got a lot of ownership of this guy uh, in a couple of pools uh, that I'm in, and he's delivered the goods all season long, despite all the negativity around the club's defensive prospects at the start of this season. So kudos to him. Well, with the injury to Lowry, they they called up Christian Veselainen from the from the minors with the the Manitoba Moose this year. He's got 22 points in, in 44 games. Uh, not phenomenal numbers, but certainly solid. And and I think they're going to be really interested in what they can get out of him in, in terms of you know production uh, at the NHL level. I would expect him to compete you know right alongside Mason Appleton and Nick Shore uh, for consistent minutes here uh, heading into uh, the rest of the season while they you know this next month while they have Lowry out and I think this is an opportunity for him to maybe stick around um, if he can produce then maybe they take him over uh, a Jansen, uh, Jansen Harkins or, or uh, as I said, Appleton or even Roslavic. Um, but this is this will be a testing and, and a proving ground for him. If it doesn't work uh, this year and he spends another season in the minors, I wouldn't be surprised to see this guy 
just bail on uh, on the NHL and, and head back to the KHL where he spent part of last season. So really, it's it's kind of show it or or you know go home. I think for for this guy right now. And now, AJ, we turn our attention to FanDuel, where we've had a heck of a lot of fun with it on a daily basis in our in our private lives, but also on the show here. And we've had a really good run of success much of the season, so I really hope people who are listening to the pod take advantage of our picks and win some money, actually. So why don't you tell our listeners what the, what the Optimizer is all about and uh, the picks for tonight's games? Yeah, so kind of the two, uh, two big trends uh, in the Optimizer right now is uh, Boston and Philadelphia are the two teams uh, making the, the you know biggest presence here in, in what the optimizer is showing. So it starts with Patrice Bergeron at 7,800 and then goes with Sean Couturier uh, for 6,700. Top six guys, power play minutes, uh, certainly a nice uh, kind of center combination there. Uh, on the wings, it's got David Pasternak, 8,800. That's a high price tag, uh, but certainly worth considering if, if you can fit him in. Then Travis Konechny for the Flyers at 5,700. I really like that uh, uh, that spot there. And then a guy that you mentioned earlier, uh, JBR James Van Riemsdyk. He's only coming in at 4,600 right now, and so uh, a good top line, top power play uh, pickup there. Finally, the last winger, Alex Tuck, uh, uh, 3,500. Yes, he's playing a third-line role, but he's on their top power play unit, uh, and so some, some uh, pretty good value there. On the blue line, it rounds out uh, the Flyers stack here. Ivan Provorov for 4,700 discounted price tag for a guy uh, that's you know averaging um, you know pretty decent fantasy numbers uh, all season long. And then Ryan Polak for the Islanders at 4,600, uh, another guy getting power play minutes uh, there as well. And then in the Nets, the optimizer goes with Robin Leonard tonight, 8,500. Uh, the Panthers have certainly struggled, so I can certainly see. Uh, a case being made to for his inclusion here the expected value of that lineup is 136 points if they reach that total they'll certainly put you in the money so i like that unit but i'm going to contrast that with a unit that averages about 26 126 points on the season i did that calc and i think they're going to exceed that total with the matchups tonight i'm going to duplicate the road the optimizer with my center picks going with katuria and bergeron so we'll pass over their description i'm going to go to the bruins for their top line again but going to go to brad marchand he's been in an extended funk and that has depressed his price tag to seventy six hundred dollars i'm jumping on that with the, the struggles that vegas has had traveling to boston not a good situation for them i think marchand makes it helps to make it a rough night for the visitors this evening Jakub voracek has played very well of late getting more reps in the top six for philadelphia so i'm going to pick him up for sixty two hundred dollars Dominic Kubalik has been outstanding for the Chicago Blackhawks. We spoke about him and his scoring binge of late. They face a soft touch tonight with the LA Kings coming to town. So I'm on him for $5,200. I think that's a great value. Nikolai Ehlers gets overlooked a little bit when you talk about the top guns in Winnipeg. I think he's going to be a good look tonight for me for $4,800. I get him on the cheap against a stingy Carolina Hurricanes club. And on defense, I'm looking at two guys who've been on fire for the past month to round out my score, my scoring possibilities. Eric Gustafsson of the Chicago Blackhawks, also a part of that uh, home date against the Kings, 
$4,300 for a price tag for him. He's been very good offensively of late. And don't forget, he had a 60-point season last season. He's starting to look like that player again for me. Tony D'Angelo has had a couple of big nights for the Rangers, been a very consistent scorer for much of the past month, and I grab him for $4,900. And rounding out the squad, I'm looking at the showcase situation in, on Broadway. Alexander Georgiev for $7,500, one of the cheaper goalies on the on the slate tonight facing a, the pop gun offense, I'll call it, of the New York Islanders, AJ. So that's the way my team looks. Can't wait to hear about yours. Well, he, here's the, the big thing for, for how I started by building my lineup. Uh, you look at historic numbers. Sidney Crosby has scored 42 goals against the Philadelphia Flyers in 68 games. That's, uh, that goes with another 60 assists. So you're looking at 102 points in 68 games. He loves beating this team. He's rolling right now in his return from injury. So for me, I think Crosby was an absolute lock for lineups tonight. 8500 for his price tag. To save a little bit of money, I'm going to pair him up with that entire first line. Jared McCann at 4900 and Dominic Simone at 4300 Both those guys have been producing uh, you know, with pretty good uh, consistency since Crosby's been back. You look at Simone, he's got two goals and two assists in, in his last four games. McCann's numbers, uh, not quite as good as that. Uh, has you know kind of a three-game point in the streak, but I think he'll be just fine uh, and will benefit from Crosby's uh, dislike for uh, the, the Flyers. Filling out the rest of my lineup, I like Paul Stastny. Uh, assuming he plays tonight for 5000 that's pretty cheap um, for a second-line center. And I'll pair him up with Max Pacioretty, who's coming in at 7500 uh, I, I think both those guys, it's a tough matchup, certainly with Boston, but they are uh, without Tuka Rask because uh, he's uh, dealing with an injury. So a little bit of a, an opportunity there. And then I'll throw in uh, Patrick Line for 7,400. He just broke out of a seven-game uh, goal drought with uh, his most recent tally. I think ownership could be low just looking at his recent numbers, but I think this is a sign of him getting uh, back in the right direction. So I like him tonight. Uh, I'll go with Truba from the Rangers for 5,100, a guy who's been a pretty consistent producer uh, for much of the season. Uh, and he's a guy that racks up blocks as well, um, gets some shots in there. So even if he's not uh, in the goal or the assist uh, column, he can add some fantasy value as well. Aaron Ekblad falls into kind of the same category there, but he's uh, I'm using him. He's on a three-game point streak. Uh, and so he can provide some solid value there. And then I agree with you with the net mining call. I like Alexander Georgiev for 7,500 tonight. Uh, that's, you know, he's uh, confirmed in the lineup, so you don't have to worry about checking back uh, later today to see about any change there. Islanders have been struggling of late, and so I think this is a good opportunity to get a value net miner in there. AJ, it's been great having you back on the pod. I talked so much last week, I lost my voice after that going solo thing i don't think i want to do that again for a while so hope you're in the co-host chair for good the rest of the way that wraps up this episode of podcast with statsman and aj folks our next episode is scheduled to take place next week after a, a quiet week around the nhl we're going to try and switch things up a little bit in terms of our content please remember to send your comments or questions on twitter follow me paul bruno at statsman22 and you can follow aj at aj Scholes 24 as always, we invite you to listen to podcasts to get our tips to stay out of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research. So long, everybody.